Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Culture Nuanez. Multiple ways to recruit. High school, transfer, grad transfer, whatever you got to do. The uh, Montana football team doing just that. It is to tell new one is 1029 ESPN Radio, hour number two. Great to be with you. Thanks for letting us hang out on this Monday afternoon. 
If you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. It is there thanks to Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. If you'd like to well listen live, you can do that as well on the website, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you stream the show from 4 to 6 each day. You listen in live. You're on the cutting edge of everything we're doing around here. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We go now to the Reggae Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the newest member of the University of Montana Grizzly football team, a transfer from Louisville, Justin Ford, joining us. Justin, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, we're very glad I could do this. We're, we're, we're glad you could, too. We appreciate all the effort. People don't know this that are listening, but you had to switch out some phones, get on a whole new f- mobile network to get in here with <laughs> us. So we appreciate the effort on your part to make this happen. Great job. No problem. Yeah, we had technical difficulties, but we're here. All right. Well, we're happy to have you here. Hey, man, let's talk about this a little bit. You're from Concord, North Carolina, originally. You go uh, uh, to a junior college and are great playing junior college as a corner. They're number 11 JC corner in the country, rated like that. Go to Louisville, end up getting an injury. And, you know, that's obviously changes things dramatically when something like that happens. What was it that took you when you, know, you said, hey, okay, I'm, I'm coming back, I'm going to play football, and I need to, a, a change of venue, going to go to the University of Montana? How did that work? For sure. So um, I won't go into every single little detail about the injury, but the way it had happened, um, it could have been prevented by the university, I felt like, on their part. So um, it happened very early in the season, which – I happened right before the season, so it was kind of a small injury, an eight-week injury, but being that the season's only 10 to 11 weeks, um, I ended up missing my season. So um, towards the end of the season, uh, around when I started getting healthy, um, I know my end goal and kind of where I want to finish in football and go to the next level, and I felt like the situation I was in at Louisville wasn't uh, presenting the best fit for me. So I knew once I got healthy enough to where I'll be able to transfer and uh, post some videos, let coaches know that I'm fully healthy and ready to go, that's what I'll do. And I've always had a good relationship with Coach Cox at Montana, so this is actually a perfect fit. Justin, hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks for uh, chatting with you. Thanks for being so uh, communicative with the text and everything on Twitter. Appreciate you, and thanks for uh, coming on the show with us. T- tell us about Montana. I mean, I'm looking at the, the Grizzly all-time Letterman roster here. There's not one person from North Carolina that has ever played for the Montana Grizzlies. So did you have any recollection of what Montana might be like before uh, you made your commitment to Montana? Um, I have an understanding of the kind of the mentality of the program and how it's, it's football is um, highly sought after and, and talked about there, and, and it's very important, and football is very important to me as well. So I feel like the environment – um, it's not going to be too too hard to uh, go into being that football is valued just as much as it's valued to me. So, like, I understand that, and I understand it's the blue-collar that Montana football has, and I feel like I also bring that to the table. So, like like I said, with Coach, talking with Coach Cox, um, it just seems like a program to where I could come in and be myself, and I have to alter myself at all and just come in and play my game and contribute to help the team. You mentioned C.J. Cox. I know he spent some time at Sacramento State before he landed here in Missoula, and uh, he's doing a great job with the Montana Corners. But you yourself went to junior college at, at Golden West College in, in Huntington Beach, California. Is that where you first met Coach Cox, and what's that relationship been like for you the last several years? Yeah, so actually, um, the end of my season, uh, my last season in junior college, 
Coach Cox is actually the first coach to fly up uh, to California to come see me. And it kind of really, that's where our relationship has started from there. And I ultimately ended up going to Louisville, but I'm like, even with me choosing a different school, he still reached out, uh, wished me the best of luck uh, wherever I go, uh, such things like that to where, you know, some, some things like that go a long way to just uh, at least reach out and just still wish me the best of luck, even though I ultimately didn't choose Montana the first go around. It still uh, seemed like a genuine relationship, you know what I'm saying? Like not just a player or a coach, but um, like he talked a lot about family. So that's how, that's how it felt to me. Justin Ford joining us. He is going to the University of Montana to play cornerback for the Grizzlies, uh, most recently at Louisville transferring in. Where are you right now, Justin? Where are you calling us from? Um, I'm actually home in my hometown, Concord, North Carolina. Okay, Concord, North Carolina. That's fantastic. So now, how is it, like what arrangements have you made or is, is the plan in terms of actually getting to Missoula? Is there a time frame when that's going to be able to happen with everything that's going on? How is that working? Yeah, so I'm like, uh, we hope it will be earlier, but honestly, things haven't even started up yet, which they're about to. So I know for a fact I'll be out there before July. We're looking around uh, late June. Sometime late June is when I'll be out there uh, ready to go. Well, I tell you what, I've been itching for a drive. So if it doesn't work and you need somebody to come pick you up, let me know. <laughs> I will I will cruise down there. We'll just take a look at the country together coming uh, coming across the mountain time zone. I think we'll have a good time. Yeah, about a two-day trip. <laughs> yeah, no at doubt. least. No yeah, doubt. no doubt. Well, from a football perspective, I'm sure that they told you quite a bit about just the defense that Montana's running. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of unorthodox defense, kind of a 3-3-5 stack broadly, but you know, they like to – really free up the linebackers and the, and the strong safety to make a lot of plays, but also they bring some pressures from all over the field. But it seems like the corners themselves, they need to be tough. They need to be able to play a bunch of man. They need to be left on an island. So how do you think your skill set fits into what Montana does defensively? Um, I think I fit right into that, and that's kind of what me and Coach have talked about. Um, since since my high school, like since my time at high school being a corner, um, my coach has simply put me on the best receiver each week, and that's that has just been my job to go lock that receiver down. And um, also in my junior college, uh, in this game, you got to bring pressure. You got to get to the quarterback at all costs, and to do that, you have to blitz and send extra people, which means in the back end, you have to hold up your one on ones and win your battles. And I think I do a great job at that. I'm, I'm very physical at the line of scrimmage. I also can be patient in my backpedal, depending on. Uh, what type of receiver you are, and also watch a lot of film, which some people don't know that's really 50% of the battle if you know what's coming before the play even starts. So I do a good job on that, and I feel like the system actually fits right into what I do. I, I could play zone very great, um, but man coverage, honestly, is what I've been doing for the past six, six and seven years. So. You know, I, football being, you know, the consummate team sport and, and, and the schemes that work only when everybody's on the same page doing the job they're supposed to do. But a lot of times it does seem like within the game, if ever there was something that was one-on-one, it was just up to one guy, it's the wide receiver cornerback battle when it is man coverage. You you clearly enjoy that aspect of it. But how fun is it to you to be to be that physical guy and to go, you're not beating me on this play or the next or the next on down the line through a game. Um, to me, I love it. I love competition. So even when a dude, uh, actually, I actually find it better when you do catch one pass 
because I know in my head it's clicked that you cannot catch no more. I like, I like, <laughs> so I like one, that, I like one is the feeling. allowance, huh? And then it turns on. Yeah, yeah, that one catch, and it's like, nah, not never again. And that's <laughs> and that's kind of like that's kind of like what drives me is just to compete and um, I understand that you can't win every single rep, but every rep I go out there to win it, and there's no other uh, question in my head of what the job is, and uh, and I tend to get the job done a lot of times. Justin Ford joining us, new Grizz cornerback, uh, transferring from uh, Louisville, originally from Concord, North Carolina, where he's joining us from right now. And I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at the roster uh, for the Grizzlies, but there's a pair of wide receivers that uh, are, are seniors this year on this team that are probably thought out to be the best tandem of wide receivers in the conference and really maybe in the country. Have you gotten a chance to see Samari Torrey, Sammy Akem, and, and what do you think about what that practice could be like when, you're gonna, when you know you're going to go up against a couple of the best wideouts that this level of football has to offer? Exactly. So I also noticed that as well. And um, I think practice makes perfect. So if I'm going against the best every day, shoot, the, the weekend should be easy. And uh, like you said, uh, Keem is a big target. A physical receiver can run very well, and I'm looking actually looking forward to guarding him because I know he's going to push me to be, be better, and I'm going to do the same. Uh, that's that's how I operate, and I know you got to push your teammates every day to be better because if you're not prepared for the game, you don't you don't want to go into the game with any questions. I say that, so um, I know if we're preparing to practice, the game should be easy. The junior college level, especially in the state of California, is so competitive, and I'm sure you went against a bunch of really, really talented guys. But what do you anticipate the level of talent to be like in the Big Sky Conference? Have you thought about that yet? Um, yeah, I know there's, there's talent everywhere, so I don't actually don't expect any drop-off from uh, FBS to FCS. I know um, there's talent really everywhere. It's just a matter of how you got to where you're at. and um, So I don't sleep on anybody I guard. I treat everybody the same, and I think that's actually – uh, when you do worse is when you treat somebody differently or stoop down to their level and uh, you start allowing things that you, you shouldn't or you usually wouldn't. So I show everybody the same, and I'm looking forward to the talent to see a couple guys I'm going against. I've been watching a lot of games, so I've been seeing a lot of teams that have uh, good receivers and good talent all over, actually. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Justin Ford joining us, new Montana cornerback transferring uh, from uh, Louisville. And, Justin, you, you talked about your relationship with C.J. Cox, and obviously he's the cornerback's coach, so positionally, you know, he's the guy that, that, that you'll spend a lot of time with. But have you gotten a chance to talk to any of the other coaches, including defensive coordinator Kent Bear or head coach Bobby Houck, and what has your, uh, uh, you know, integration been with, with those guys and the rest of that staff? Yeah, I actually had a Zoom meeting with all of them, and uh, Coach Houck actually showed me uh, <laughs> the lake. He was driving with his family on the lake, just showing me the view and uh, how beautiful it looks. And, yeah, I have a good relationship with all of them. It's just um, Coach Cox, we go back further than now. I'm, I have a close relationship with all the coaches now, but me and Coach Cox go back from, what, two two years ago. 
So. Well, the lake is a pretty good selling point, I must say. I mean, it's a little smaller than the Atlantic Ocean. I'm aware of that. But it has uh, some nice mountains to it. So hopefully that will work out pretty well when you're able to get up here. We'll look forward to that. Yeah, no, that thing was beautiful. On a personal level, I know this has been a weird time. Everybody's kind of trying to figure out how to live their lives in a different fashion. What have you been doing to just stay in shape and, and st- get ready for this opportunity? Uh, I've been doing it all. I've been, I still uh, run every day. Uh, even if I don't go too hard, I've been actually working at a job. I have a job now, uh, just trying to stay busy, uh, not feeling like I'm doing nothing. So I've been working, and then uh, when I work out, I'll keep it light, depending on, because I work at FedEx, so I'll, I'm already really lifting boxes and stuff like that. So depending on how my body feels that day, uh, will honestly depend on how much I do in the weight room. But I do work out twice a day. I make sure I go to the field and the weight room each day. And uh, I take Saturdays and Sundays off. Well, Justin, man, we're excited to uh, have you in in Missoula in the Big Sky Conference playing football for the Grizz. We appreciate you taking the time out and joining us on the show here, and and we'll look forward to catching up when you get to town as well, all right? No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I could do this as well. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thanks for all the hard work, man. You went around, (laughs) you changing phones, trying to get on a a cell tower that would work. I guess one of the – like the T-Mobile – Deal is down in North Carolina. Again, I guess right now. something's yeah. going on. So uh, anyway, yeah. we certainly appreciate uh, Justin for coming in here uh, uh, very much and spending the time. And I'm telling you, man, like occasionally you can find you know a guy that that both in terms of a position and and obviously a talent level they can you feel like could be a real impact player. And Justin Ford just very initially, right? I haven't even seen tape of Justin Ford yet, but feels like he might be that kind of guy where he comes in and is an, an immediate impact player at a position where it's not just that they're whether there's a dearth of players, I think there's some good cornerbacks. We know there's several transfers coming in, so there's going to be a lot of competition. But it's a position that's so critical to the scheme that Montana runs. Cornerback always is an important position, but it's it's emphasized even more so in the Grizzly defense and what it is that they do. And so to have a guy like him coming in, push you know the talent, push the competition, I think that's big for Montana. I mean, it's absolutely – I mentioned this on the show last week. The defense that Montana runs – Every, every piece of the personnel is, is essential, but there are certain spots where having elite players gives the defense a chance to be even more elite. The defense turned a huge corner this last year because of how good, I mean, borderline, if not full-fledged consensus, All-American seasons by all three, Dante Olsen, the Buck Buchanan Award winner, as well as Jace Lewis and Robbie Houck. You still got Robbie Houck and Jace Lewis coming back. It'll be interesting to see who wins that other inside linebacker job, but I do think they have a ton of guys. They're not going to take it. It's impossible to replace Don Tolson with one guy, but they do have a ton of good options. And Jace Lewis might be the guy that replaces Olsen's production, and then somebody has a chance to then replace Lewis's production. Mm-hmm. Montana's always going to have good linebackers. That's just what they do. But the thing that's been missing the last couple of years is that true elite shutdown corner. Last year, I think Patrick O'Connell led the squad with six and a half sacks. Montana got after the passer pretty good, but they did it by committee. A lot of blitzing, a lot of pressures. They haven't had that dude that could just come off the edge and, and get you, but looks like they have a couple guys that could be. Jacob McGoring, if he continues to develop. Milton Mamula, if he gets healthy. But all that is contingent on, in this defense, you have dudes playing man so often. And a lot of times last year, the one thing that they would give them, I mean, the Weber State game is a great example, right? Jake Constantine completed... I think six or maybe even seven passes to Ty McPherson, the little outside receiver for Weber State. 
and so much of it was Justin Calhoun was giving them a huge cushion, but that's just because they didn't want to get to get beat over the top. The whole strategy was we're going to bring the heat every single down. We are going to bludgeon Constantine. If he gets it off and hits that 12-yard hitch, we'll give it to him. As long as he doesn't get the deep bomb off and as long as we hit him, it's all good. And what do we see? Jay Constantine getting carried off the field halfway through this the third quarter. You never want to see a guy get hurt, but that was the whole game plan was to hit him as early and Physical. often as possible. That scheme is going to work even better if you have a lockdown corner. And you won't have to take as many risks either. You won't have to bring as much bogus pressure. You won't have to blitz hardly uh, nearly as much if you have a, a great shutdown. And it seems to me, watching his film, that Justin Ford is that guy. When you see a team starting to build through the course of an offseason. I think it's a little easier to see a basketball team because there's just fewer players and 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 uh, you have a little, I think, better picture of the whole than what you have in a football team. But the, the main question that still is to be answered and will not be answered until games actually start getting played is, is how, how high a level of productivity can you get from the quarterback, okay? For Montana, that's going to be, uh, for every team, it's going to be a very important question to answer. But obviously with the graduation of Dalton Sneed, you're going to have a first-time, full-time starter playing football for the Grizzlies under center. It's going to be critical. That said, as this thing is building, Grizzlies, I think, have a real chance to be good to very good and dangerous. And I think in in a very different strain, but ultimately the same thing. The same is true for Montana State. And I know that it's June, whatever it is, the 15th that I'm sitting here saying this, but you know you know, the only thing I've ever wanted since I've ever been on the radio is to see Montana and Montana State play football against each other in the playoff. Okay? That's what I want to see. Now, it's going to happen at some point. Maybe. Maybe not in my lifetime, but it will it's happen. It's so hard for it to ever happen, no. though, because of the way that the games are bid and home. Like I understand. The way. I understand. I'm just saying it will happen. It's going, like, just a long enough time on it will happen. There's, you know, they're both going to be good, okay? They're both going to be potentially very good, and I, I'm excited about this. And, and uh I mean, for for many other reasons more important than football, but this is certainly on the list somewhere down the list. This is why I'm hoping that all of this just we're able to move on from it, from, you know, the the pandemic and all of that, that this can be open and done safely and done well, because this would be an epic season forthcoming on the football field in the Big Sky Conference in general, and in particular in the state of Montana. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that they can figure out a way to make it uh, at least as safe and as relevant as possible because I think we will have football in Montana. I think we'll have football played between the Cats and the Grizz with them facing off against each other. But if the schedule is diluted, it's going to give so much ammo to demeaning the accomplishments of the teams. I think Montana has a real chance to make a run this year. I think Montana State does too, especially if Matt McKay at quarterback works out for the Bobcats. I think that they, I think both squads have a real chance to again be Elite Eight, Final Four, and even national championship contenders. But if you're playing a diluted schedule where you don't have to play some of the best teams in the league and or the country, and who knows what the FCS playoffs is going to look like, I just don't, you know, say Montana wants to make a run all the way to the national championship. You just never want that to what people to remember. Well, you know, they didn't play NAU or or Sac State that year. 
granted, the, the big sky has a caveat in it all the time because that's just the way the schedule works out. You're going to not play four teams anyways. It's the playoffs, though, that I'm more worried about because, you know, say the whole Colonial Athletic Association can't play in the playoffs. Then that dilutes the field big time. And, you know, I think that we would take it with a grain of salt. We know things are going to be different, but it would just be unfortunate for uh, some of these great seniors, especially guys like Samari Torre and Sammy Kim, to not be able to go out with a flair you know, against the hardest schedule that they could possibly play. Well, certainly. I mean, you, you you want all hands. You want you want everything to just be back, right? I mean, like that's ultimately what, what everybody would like. Whether or when that can happen, I don't know. Uh, but just, you know, you grant me this concession that right now, if, you know, when we're looking at this thing, it's it, it's it's getting it's getting exciting to me right now. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I, I make this point on the Big Sky Breakdown every single week. I think my brother has never reported a, recorded a podcast with me without making the point. It's exciting. It's awesome that these two schools have it rolling again simultaneously. But it's absolutely what should be the standard at all times. This is how it should be every single year, and I hope that this remains because I think it has a chance now. Finally, both teams, both programs back on track. It's a 30 for 30 someday, man. The amount of scandal that both schools have gone through over the last 20 years and the way that it culminated, the way that it broke, but then the way that they've been able to rebuild. I mean, Texas still hasn't figured it out how to rebuild, and they didn't even have nearly the scandal that Montana or Montana State had. That's right. It's amazing that it actually has. I mean, fans get impatient, right? And I know this last decade, particularly for Grizz fans, was sort of exasperating because it was like, man, we won 109, 110 games last decade, and now you know five playoff bursts in ten years is, you know, it's chicken feed. It's mediocre. It's nothing when you're Montana when you made it to playoffs seventeen times in a row. But now I think that the the fact of the matter is, and I think that most Grizz fans would hate to admit it, but I think I think if they do. Having Montana State have so much momentum like they do as an institution as a whole is driving the Grizz along as well. I can't wait to see the dividends the Champion Center makes mm-hmm. in recruiting, development. I mean, Bobby Houck was the best player developer I've ever seen in my life his first time around at Montana. And that was, you know, lifting in the garage, basically, is what it amounted to, the old Montana weight room. No and kidding. now he's got... You know, the, the most state-of-the-art facility in the entire region, one of the best facilities in all of college football. So we'll see how all of that works out. But I agree with you. I really hope uh, something can come to fruition because I do think both these teams have a real chance to be pretty damn good this year. Coulter uh, said he would only start doing this radio show if we never spoke about him in his personal life. He's going to air all of his problems <laughs> for the first time on the radio right after this. Hey, the weekend, it's here, and I'm so pumped to get out in the backyard and pick up all of that dog waste, right? Yeah, well, maybe not so much. If accumulating dog waste has you feeling down in the dumps, call Montana Pooper Scoopers. That's right. Montana Pooper Scoopers offers one-time and weekly dog waste removal services for businesses and families at a price that anyone can afford. Whether you got a 100 dogs running around your property or just one little chihuahua montana pooper scoopers is up for the job put that bag down visit online montana and enjoy your extra free time also you mentioned this ad you get 25 bucks off your initial services Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf and nobody better than western birch to get your rounds started right. 
That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. It has recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. We can go to the show, we can stay right here, and I can take you for a ride on my big green tractor. We can go slow, or make it go faster, down through the woods, and out to the pasture, long as I'm with you. So Tommy's sitting back here today, and, uh... He's taken over the music controls. As I do. I mean, you said we were going to talk about Coulter's life, so I thought I'd play his favorite song. <laughs> what, what, what is it? Of Big all Green the Tractor. Songs. Baby, I'm a Tractor? What? What's it called? Big Green Tractor. Oh. I misheard. Stutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. At Gus Tutel at 102.9 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. I you love the big green. Tractor? I hate this song. What I actually I actually do like Jason Aldean quite a bit. He's one of the only uh, contemporary. The voice of the cats. That's Jason Aldean. I know. I just yeah, yeah That's I'm just the, playing. That's I'm just the, having a little fun. That's the running joke around there. The uh, the rising country music superstar Jason Aldean. No, Jason Aldean, voice of the Bobcats. Which one is it? We never know. So I've never heard of Jason Aldean before, I must say. That's amazing because he's more famous than Jack White or Macklemore. Clearly he's not. He, he is. No. He ain't. You are so counterculture that you don't even know how to gauge fame. Let me ask you something. <laughs> uh, Tommy, ask me this. Is I said I said this to Ryan the other day. You were not back there. Reese was back there laughing. But um, is Ryan not the most punk rock rule follower you've ever met? <laughs> That is such a perfect, that's the Webster's definition of Ryan Tootill. I don't know about Straight. that. He, he told me, he said, well, I, 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 I try to follow all the rules I agree with. And I said, yeah, me too. <laughs> the difference is I just don't agree with most of the rules. Ryan agrees with almost all of them. I will buy you lunch every day for a week mm. at any restaurant of your choosing. Okay. If Jason Aldean has more views on YouTube on his top two or three videos than Macklemore has on his. You can't that. That's judge totally ridiculous. That. So, so, so no, you're because, saying clearly that I'm right. No, it's, there's, not, there's no way to say you're right because who's going to be the person that clicks on the video 10 million times? If there's no way to say I'm right, there's no the, way to say I'm the wrong. The seven-year-old is going to be the one. <laughs> YouTube views is like so far down the list on judging if somebody's musically relevant and or famous. That's why Rebecca that's, Black is that's famous. That's false. 
Exactly. Exactly. What said. Have they been on the Have they been on the right. Tonight Show? There's a good way to judge if somebody's famous. How many records have they yes, sold? Is that a good not way? Exactly. How many iTunes downloads? Record sales? What's it? 1987. I mean, it's still a metric. It's still record sales. Dude, in 2019, vinyl outsold CDs and digital downloads combined. And you can exactly. still and you can still buy you can still buy albums via electronic nature as well. Let me just go back to what you just said, Tommy. Vinyls. Jason Aldean is more famous than your people. I promise. There's yeah. there is zero chance. There is, is zero Mac, chance. Is will Macklemore sell out a thirty thousand person stadium? It's Macklemore, Santa Claus, Jason Aldean. <laughs> That's the list. That's the order of. Oh fame. my gosh, Jason we Aldean. We were having a good convo. Wait, wait, just, just hold on a second, okay, Tommy. Okay. You vinyl outsold downloads. Yeah, sales of down digital downloads of album sales were surpassed by vinyl. Twenty nineteen. Where have I, you been, I'm just dude? trying to. I'm just trying to just conceive of it. No, I know that vinyl's like the big if thing. They're doing the deal. Jack White at all? You would know that he's making vinyl in Nashville. Vinyl. Yeah, that's what he does. Recording it in a phone. Recording booth. it live, doing the thing. I know. When I know was the last that. time you were in a phone booth? Do you remember? Yeah, I showed my daughter what a phone booth was. It was in Washington State at a at a rest stop probably a year ago. Oh, nice. I said, "Hey, kiddo, check this out." She said, "What's this?" Said, well, let me explain something to you. You see that giant book of numbers? Once upon a time, you needed that thing. Anyhow, uh, Coulter, let's air your laundry. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, you uh, like to golf. I do. Uh, by the way, the PGA Tour returned this weekend. We may get into that here just a little bit. Um, occasionally, depending on the state that you're in, you... Uh, like to have a little action going on uh, on the games, maybe on the deck of cards, whatever the case might be. Indeed. And now it seems like these two things are coming together in what will certainly be a disaster for you. So the Montana uh, lottery has been developing, has now launched a Montana sports betting app. I have actually not been placing any of these wagers on said app but because now sports gambling is legal in Montana, you can also use the international sites. I find the, I find Wait, the, really? I find the lines and a lot of the uh, the quick nature of the prop bets and things like that to be a lot more efficient and a lot more uh, updated more quickly, quick, faster. I, I'm not going to be one of those ones that sits there and bets on the next first down during a football game. I do think though that the prop betting. Or, or the hole-by-hole hole in the case of golf betting is absolutely one of the most fascinating and also fun things you can do. Golf odds, because it's all about an individual against the field, are so much different than when you're just betting the Vikings versus the Packers and you're just betting the spread or you're betting straight up. Right, It's a very easy bet. Put it all on the Green Bay and walk away. And it does. But it, uh, once you place your bet, the odds are never going to fluctuate. The line is what it is until the game starts, and that's the only line you're ever going to get. That's it, yeah. And there's only one winner and one loser, and that's all. Right. In a golf tournament, so many guys can win it. So the odds are a lot. If you're betting on individual guys, the odds are a lot more of a long shot. But guys can climb the leaderboard so quickly or fall down the leaderboard so quickly. So yesterday during the Charles Schwab invite, there was about eight guys in the mix. So I started just monkeying around with watching the leaderboard. There was eight guys within five strokes of each other. Yeah, yeah, even three. But these three these bets are are anywhere from plus twenty eight hundred to plus fifty six hundred to plus eight thousand, and that's for the guy who's in seventh place, only four strokes back. Granted, there's only nine holes to play, 
but you can sit there and just hammer bets, but the odds also change as guys rise and fall. So somebody falls apart. Now he's got. But once you place your bet, it's once you place in your bet, cat. right? But you can rebet. I mean, you can bet Justin Rose plus eighteen hundred, and then if Justin Rose gets another birdie and it goes up to plus twelve hundred, or he gets a bogey and it goes down to plus two thousand, you can bet it again because individual bets it doesn't have to be a parlay. I got gotcha. you. So when the guys make the turn. And there's six to eight guys in contention. If you just bet a dollar on all eight of them to win, you're going to lose seven dollars because seven of them aren't going to win. But you're going to hit a bet that uh, has plus twenty eight to plus eight thousand. So you could make eighty, ninety, a hundred bucks on a dollar bet. And it's almost a guarantee that one of those guys is going to win. The only way it's not is if someone comes from behind in the top eight. It's just so fascinating to me. And you can also bet hole by hole. So on a Sunday of a tournament, it's just pairs. Who you could bet. This guy, Roy McIlroy is going to win. Jordan Spieth is going to win, or they're going to tie. That to me is so much more fun than is Kirk Cousins going to throw to Adam Thielen in the flat for a three-yard gain for a first down? Because so what kind of odds did you get on Daniel all, Berger yesterday who walked away the winner? I didn't. I I, I was only experimenting in this while um, just devising the strategy. I had I had bets. I didn't realize you could redo it, or that you could do it every hole, or you could have separate bets on your bet cards. What they call it. Next time I'm going to be ready to roll. This is a problem. I, I, I bet on Justin Rose. I bet on Jordan Spieth. I bet on uh, Bryson. What's his name? DeChambeau. D- what has he been doing? Uh, eating. I mean, he's he, he he's jacked. Yeah. Eating and lifting. Yeah, he went one way, and Gary Woodland went the other way. I mean, Bryson. De- what, say it again. DeChambeau. DeChambeau. He's hitting like 350-yard drives. He's like 200 pounds. He looks huge. It's not 350. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I uh, uh Daniel Berger got the win got yesterday the win. at Colonial, by the way. And here's something. I don't, you know. I, I, guess, I, I guess to finish this, my point of this okay. is that I think that the sport that's actually the most conducive in terms of it being fun, realistic, and more about perhaps quote-unquote skill than just hitting it and getting lucky. To me, like betting prop bets in an NFL game is going to be like playing the slots. Mm-hmm. You're just going to get lucky, and you're not sometimes, and it has nothing to do with your skill. Like Tom Brady's going to hit the first down or he's not. That's it. Whereas in this, it could be a little bit more tempered or like you see Justin Rose getting hot. So you're like, okay, Justin Rose got three birdies. Bam. I'm going to put a bet on it to win the whole thing just for a dollar. And if you get it before, you know, as he's climbing and then he ends up surging for the win, it's a chance, to, I think, to make a lot of money. Tommy, over under six months that Coulter is selling his car at the pawn shop. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There's one thing that will I mean, make Coulter is, sell this, his, his I, good cards. He's already asked if he can move into my trailer that's parked on the side of my house. Uh, and now I might all, you just might even not even ask. I might just walk in there and he's just squatting one day on his phone, stealing my internet, trying to make another the, plus 1800 bet on some middle of the road PGA. Oh pro. no, the, that the, the, uh, the, the camper living is just about one thing and one thing alone. My lifetime quest to turn your son into an all state wrestler. Dude, it's already done by nature. Yeah, he, you don't he, need to help. He's that kid on his out. he's on his way. He's got some refinement, but his uh his strength and his fury are not in question, I can tell you that. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Tommy. I I interrupted you. No idea. Huh? Yeah, okay. You were talking I was talking? I, you, I, you were going to say something. We'll run it. We'll run the videotape back. And Let me just say it. this. Yeah. Your level of Humor today is in a very weird place between dad joke bad and just bad. 
You're not really doing that good with the humor today. I don't know about that. I think. Would you agree, Coulter? That's just because I'm in uh, the upswing. The full moon's over. I. Oh, that's right. I'm just stealing his thunder. <laughs> we had like five like moon phase things happening. Yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. The planets why, were in. That's why I howled at the moon three times. Gus, over the weekend, Bryson DeChambeau hit nine drives of more than 350 yards and four of over 360 yards, as according to the PGA's official statistics. Win. A long drive Win. of 367 yards. Have you seen how hard this guy swings? Yeah, I have. Him and his, he doesn't bend anything. It's all straight. Throws the hips. Linear. His feet are straight at the end. I, I hate It Bryson is glory. Oh, hate's too strong, but no, I'm, I'm not rooting for him. I'm rooting for everybody else on tour. Why? What? Nah. Do it for me. See, this is why you're such an anomaly because you have such good taste until you don't, and then it's the worst taste ever. Yeah. How can you possibly like John Rom and not like Bryson DeChambeau? I don't know. John Rom's, you know, he's, he's angry. That's why. Uh, I think Ryan's angry, Tommy. We, we need to go get him a snack. I've been a little bit bitter. There's something up with yeah, him. Yeah, what's going on? What's going on with you? Nothing. Did you have to build more. Um, Things in your backyard this No, weekend? but it was pointed out that I should. Ooh. And okay. then what'd you do? Blame not, it on the not, rain? Not, not, not by my wife, by the way, who was one and done, thankfully, on the suggestion <laughs> that I build anything whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Don't worry. It's just the driving statistics that I sent you so that you know I'm not blowing smoke. One thing that's worth noting, though. Yeah. Daniel Berger won the tournament. He did. Uh, it's his third tour win ever. Uh, he has played, I think, 28 rounds consecutively par or better competitive rounds. Impressive. So it's very, very good. That said, he is by no means a, you know, he's playing great golf right now, but he is not a, a star on the PGA Tour. And if you watch after he wins and the emotion that goes along with it, this is something that people don't understand. And frankly, I don't know all the specifics of this, but I'll say this. Winning the tournament is great, and you make whatever the amount of money you make, and you got to feel very, very happy about it. And it's winning a PGA Tour event is a significant career happening if you are a golfer. Every oh, week, no I know, but it's it's not like winning a game in other sports. If you win a tour event, it is a career uh, 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 mark. I mean, think about how famous and successful Ricky Fowler's been, right? Right. Ricky right. Fowler has five career PGA Tour exactly, wins. Exactly. Exactly. No majors. Right. The whole thing. So, but the other thing that people don't understand is it's not just winning. What this means for him, I think he gets a two-year exemption yeah. on the tour. So now his his life as a professional golfer is insured where most of these guys who are in the middle or bottom of the PGA Tour are just fighting to stay on the tour where they can actually make money and 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 find a way to, to, to make a living. And guys get onto the tour, but guys also drop off the tour all the time. And for guys like this who kind of jump up and haven't haven't won maybe ever before, only won a, you know, a time or two, uh, it's a big, big deal and what it means for their future as a professional and, and their ability to, to earn you know, potentially significant amount of money, but at least a, a very, uh, you know, very good uh, living is, is big time. And you don't, you know, people are like, well, you know, you want a tournament and you're going to get that 
you know, excited about it. But it's a, a lot of the times those are the guys who it means the world to. I mean, it's a life changing event to win a, a, a PGA, you know, tour event, depending on who it is. Or if you're Tiger, you just win 82 times and 40% of the ones you've ever played. And then it's sort of like, well, yeah. Even that, though, when you break down Tiger Woods' career, actually, he. I think it's assumed that he has just dominated all over the place, and it's actually not true. About ninety percent of Tiger's wins has come at about seven or eight courses. Right, he's got he's, like he's got won like the, seven or eight wins at the same place. Right, like he's won Bay Hill, I think nine times. You know, like Which he's is insane. He's won too. the Buick Open like eight times, so he's yeah. stacked wins. You know, he's won Augusta five times. That's a course that's very. Uh, caters to his, skill. but I mean, just think about. That. Well, sure, I know. I, it's not. I'm not demeaning <laughs> it whatsoever. All I'm saying though is that I mean, Tiger Woods, uh, he's not won ever at a lot of really difficult courses. It's just about how quote unquote Tiger proof they are or were, as opposed to now. I mean, like the Buick, for example, that was always at the course where he was living at the time, so it was like his home course. Right. So he could always just waste people there because he knew every. I mean, it's like me and you playing Cane River. That's right, just killing everybody. Well, no, just the fact that we know it. It's 2 Till Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Chris Polaris, boys and girls, are at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather warming up. It's time to get outside, go dirt biking, go off-roading, and maybe even get on the water. How about that? Well, you use Kurtz Polaris for all of these things. They got Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, the tops in the industry, brand new for the season at Kurtz. They also... Have, as always, their great Polaris side-by-sides, including the hard-working Ranger, super fast, fun Razor. Maybe, though, just want a little leisure time, go to the lake. How about that? Well, you're going to need a boat, and Kurtz has those, too. That's right, Crest Pontoon Boats, in fact. Summer, the way you always envisioned at Kurtz Polaris, online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business to learn more. Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, you can listen to it on the podcast. Podcast available whenever you want it. That's the beauty of the thing. It's out there on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, on the website, etc. Podcast available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. You remember when Saturday Night Live used to set cultural trends? Yes. It's just crazy that the world's just evolved like it has. I can't believe anything ever becomes popular anymore. How does it become, like, what is the tipping point? You used to be able to feed the trend to the masses because there was not so many choices on what people could consume. Tens of millions of people were watching Saturday Night Live. I don't know if they still are. They are. They are? Yeah. But they're not setting the, they're not setting the trend anymore. Like Will, like Will Ferrell's sitting there doing Night of the Roxbury, and all of a sudden, like, Cher's doing club music because that's what's popular. 
because of those guys. It's crazy. The 90s were crazy. It, what's the matter with him, do you think? I don't know. I was uh, I was born in the mid-90s, man. I don't know <laughs> what, the, what the 90s were like. I mean, there are so many outlets to watch as much things as you want to watch now. And that's my whole point. they take hold. But that's my whole point. There's so many outlets. Thing. Right. There's, well, there's so many choices, though. But now here's the, the universal appeal is so hard to garner, so much more difficult. You're telling me that there are a lot of places to watch things. I don't think that's true. It's, there's a massive perception because you've got Amazon, Hulu, or Netflix. Pick one of your top three platforms which feed how many you people? How many people your age, Tommy, under the age of 30, have watched Saturday Night Live and The Tonight Show in the same month over the last year? More than listen to Macklemore. Well, that's true. I don't watch SNL. It's, I know because no one does. It's awful. But so bad. People that under under Ryan's old age that no one does. Here's the issue that you are missing. What's that? Generally speaking, people of a certain age who can't be bothered don't sit down and watch the shows anymore. You got to be there for Saturday Night Live or the whatever the Tonight Show or whatever. But also. All of those shows are easily condensable and repeatable and available on all of the things that you that all the kids are watching on the YouTube and various other platforms so that there's still millions and millions of views of all the skits that are just put up there one skit at a time right. to watch from week to week. And sure. then if there's one that's funnier than the rest, then it gets a sure. big I, I'm, more, I'm more speaking in terms of like landmark moments in pop culture. Like when the when the Beatles played the Ed Sullivan show, everyone that watched television in the country watched that because it was the only thing that you could watch. You don't get to talk about the Beatles. Get the Beatles out of your mouth right now. <laughs> you don't get Tommy, to talk. You haven't even heard the Steve Lennon story. But who even cares? Like I mean, I, I just don't understand. Like, what do you what? mean? Who cares? People that analyze pop culture, which is what we do as sports analysts, we analyze it's pop it's culture. Not, not what I do, certainly not. I know what I do, but like saying that people don't care about what, what pop, what the trends of pop culture is, just it's asinine. It's the only thing people care about. Was that song the last famous song that Cher made? Mm, I don't know. I think she had another hit on that album. That was my very first concert. Cher? Wow, Cher. where? Here? Yeah, Cher and Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper and Cher. I was so ticked off. I did not want to go. Can I please stay in the hotel room? Can I please go to the arcade? Is Can this I... in Vegas? Yeah. Of course. And did you love it? Eh, not at the time. Oh, come on. And then your socks blown off. Your first concert, it almost doesn't matter who's playing. It's just such an event. It's such a revelation. Your first live show. I didn't know what was going on. What was your first concert, Ryan? Man. Mine was Weird Al Yankovic. Nice. I saw Weird Al once. Front row, Wilma. There's a guy who Weird got Al's... like washed over by pop culture because now everyone's doing joke music mm. when when Weird Al pioneered joke music. It's two tell nuanas, one of two nine ESPN radio. Just the, the way baseball. this show pioneers joke radio. I, I mean, I don't know how. Plus, Brian's not in the mood to tell jokes. Yeah. What was the first concert? Man, it may have been. It may have been like a music fest when I was in high school. Did you go to Warp Tour? No. 
I never went to Warp Tour. Man, I would have killed to go to Warp Tour Same. though. That was on my high on my list. Yeah, is still is that still happening? The Warp no, Tour? No, I well, if I remember right, there's a bankruptcy or something, and it went away a while ago. Lollapalooza still happens. I've been there. Oh, nice. It still happens, right? I think so. Didn't didn't Jane's Addiction start Lollapalooza in like 1999 or what? something Dude, like that? Dude, we've been over this. I wasn't born in the 90s, bro. I don't know about the 90s. Okay. Uh, the negotiations in baseball aren't going great. Uh, it's worth noting. Rob Manfred, he's the commissioner of baseball, last week went on national radio television and said, quote, unequivocally, we're going to play Major League Baseball this year. He pegged the likelihood at 100%. That feels very likely. This week, not not even seven days later, today, in fact, are you confident that there will be a baseball season? Quote, I'm not confident. I think there's a real risk, and as long as there's no dialogue, that real risk is going to continue, end quote. Nine, seven o'clock tonight, Mountain Standard Time. Greeny is having a return to sports. Mike Greenberg on the ESPN television conversation with, I think, six different commissioners as well as a doctor and all this kind of stuff. That'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing what, what people say and kind of the, the whole deal. Baseball is a dumpster fire. Baseball is a conversation about the state of why things are famous when everything's famous, like we had for five minutes to get into this part. It's not going well, and it could legitimately not happen at all. And that that is just a stunning realization. It's not even close to the worst-case scenario. The collective bargaining agreement expires at the end of this year. We could have no baseball this year and and next next year. year. That's right. That's right. Which then means we will have no baseball. They're going to have a real hard time coming back if they're not, if they cancel two straight seasons. If you listen back to this show on the podcast, Tommy, you will notice that two or three of my best jokes were talked right over the top of, but if you hear what I had to say, (laughs) I was hilarious like I always am. What? (laughs) Boys and girls, have a wonderful Monday evening. Coulter and I will return to you on Tuesday. Many great guests this week we're excited about, and many great conversations. We'll work on trying to figure out how people can be famous in 2020. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.